the most important place to start mm -hmm. is your goals. Now, you've probably been to a session where they're like, okay, you know, if you want to do this, you know, you set your goals, but are you really owning them? So you want to make sure that that goal is tied and aligned to the vision and mm. that each person truly owns that goal as their goal. Hey everyone, it's Amy Lynn Durham and you're listening to Create Magic at Work. Create Magic at Work is on a mission to equip senior leaders with tools they need to be a true quantum leader and actually understand what that means. Improve employee engagement, retain top talent, and transform your workplace culture to have less drama and stress. So let's start making magic. Welcome to another episode of the Create Magic at Work podcast. Today, I have a really cool guest for you. Her name is Consuela Munoz. She is a Gallup certified strengths coach, and she works with leaders to help them defeat shiny object syndrome. <laughs> I was super intrigued when I read this because I feel like I get this sometimes, and I think it would help everyone in the Create Magic at Work community listening if they get distracted with shiny object syndrome. She's a speaker, trainer, author, and founder of the CEO Way and Impact Makers Playground. Following a 20-year career at a privately held multinational company employing 13000 with $10 billion in sales, Munoz decided to start her coaching business and founded Own Your Confidence. How cool is that? Welcome to Create Magic at Work, Consuela. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be a part of your podcast. Uh, I can't wait to have our conversation. It's going to be great. Yeah. So why don't we start off? I love StrengthsFinder and I know there's all sorts of opinions about it, but I will say just from a positive perspective and from data behind it, I love honing in on my client's strengths, especially with spiritual intelligence. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. I want you to talk about two things. So I don't want to confuse you too much, but I want you to talk about the beauty of focusing on someone's strengths. And then I also would love to hear your wisdom or maybe some tips for leaders that get, what do we call it? Shiny object syndrome. What? I kept thinking of squirrel. I wanted to say squirrel. Squirrel, yeah. Yeah, squirrel really. Okay. Um, here's, so, yeah. you know, squirrel, right? There you go. Um, yeah. So to let your audience know, I am a complete strengths nerd. So always all in on strengths. Strengths to me is one of the most important things to know about someone. Um, I had this whole thing about, you know, if you, you get a new car these days, if you go in to get a new car these days, they'll, they'll set up a, an appointment to walk you through all the, the gadgets because they're crazy and, and figuring out somebody else is kind of like that. So when you first meet someone, you kind of know, you know, some normal things about every person what button buttons to push, right? Just like, you know, how to turn the lights on in a car, you can figure that out without help, but programming the radio, that's a whole nother thing. And knowing someone's strengths is like reading that manual, right? Really understanding what someone needs to be at their best, to function at their best, to be productive and efficient. And when we talk about a team, to have strength-based leadership, to have a strength-based team can make the difference between people that are engaged in their work and not people that are just blowing it out of the water. When you have a strength-based team, you guys are going to be the envy of the rest of the group. 
everybody's going to be like, what is that team doing? I've seen that happen multiple times where we go in and we do some strengths work and other people will be asking the manager, like, what's going on with your team? Because they are really hitting it. And that usually is the difference. Mm, I love that. And it feels positive. What was coming to mind when you were sharing that are, I see it all the time in the coaching industry with colleagues. I'm not, you know, judging or talking bad, but it's just, we, we train ourselves in these assessments that we offer to our clients. And the first thing we hone in on are the low scores Mm -hmm. or let's put it back into our former corporate executive days we go to do an annual review. And the first thing we want to hone in on is areas you can improve on. This is how we could be better. How about for all of the leaders listening, if we flip the script and really hone in on the strengths that are there already, the benefit that you just shared from that, creating a team that's cohesive in that way sounds a lot better than honing in on areas that need to be improved. So what are your thoughts on areas that do need to be improved? Are they even worth looking at? Should we, what do you think about that? Well, first I want to go back to the good stuff, right? Before mm-hmm. yeah. we talk, well, let's go into it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about the areas of weakness. No, I don't want to do it. So, um, no, the thing about the strengths report, and this is one of the things, obviously I'm biased, but why I love this report over some other ones, other mm-hmm. assessments that you can do is that when you get this report back, it is your top strengths. These words you know, they're written in black and white on this page and they come from somebody else. And what they are is all the most amazing things about you. You read that, it's the most amazing thing about you. And it can be something that is so natural for you that's so different that other people aren't able to do that you've started feeling self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. And now you you read that and you're like, wait, no, that's just because I'm just that amazing. So that is the first thing. That's why it's so powerful because it really just is the most amazing thing. There's no, no worrying about what someone's going to find out about. If they find out, that's awesome. They get to know how awesome you are. Now, as far as areas of weakness, we can never mm-hmm. ignore our weaknesses completely. Mm-hmm. Being aware of them is good. We're not going to stop our weaknesses, right? Or we're not going to fix them, but we can stop them, right? We can have... Um, There are are techniques that you can use to minimize and mitigate what your weaknesses are. And the only time you really, really need to worry about a weakness is if it's a fatal flaw, if it's a fatal weakness, where it's really that weakness is hindering you, um, you being able to progress. Correct. Most of the times we're not at that point. Most of the times they're just like, hey, this thing isn't so great. And one of my absolute, absolute favorite strategies is when we take what strengths you have and use them to deal with your weakness. That is the most powerful strategy Mm. we have besides stopping doing the thing altogether. Sometimes something that is a weakness for us, we need to stop doing it. Those are my two favorite strategies off the top for doing that, for, for dealing with those weaknesses. And we can't ignore them. We need to know what they are, but we can find ways to make them less of a thing. And the other thing, the more you grow in your strengths, the more you're doing 
what you do best, the less anybody cares about having you do those things that you're not good at anyways. If everybody on your team is doing what they do best all day, every day, that's some pretty powerful team right there. Yeah. And it feels diverse because everyone's bringing their unique gifts to the table. I love the way that you just described it. So what I have to say, what changed my coaching two years ago, I had heard a strengths finder coach on a podcast interview. And I realized I, it changed my whole, it, I mean, it really changed my, my approach when I'm delivering the um, coaching for spiritual intelligence. Oh my gosh. Did you know you have this amazing ability to operate from your inner wisdom around others? So I started just looking at the strengths and you're right. It, 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 it by default will trickle into what might be a perceived weakness. And I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. I want to get into shiny object syndrome. What is it? What are some things we can do to overcome it? For me, and before you share, my idea of it is just me becoming distracted from the big picture of what I need to get done. And I feel like I can get into that space quite a bit. Um, so what what is it and what are what is maybe one tip you can share with everyone to yeah, so shiny object syndrome. That is, you know, and it's a syndrome of like you can be diagnosed with it, right? But it's when you're working on this task or this project or this thing and you hear about something else, you're like, oh, oh, that's, I, I need to do that. And you stop progress and you run and you're working on that thing. Mm. And then while you're there, you're like, oh, but that thing let me go do some of that. And so it becomes like a cycle. If where you're going, you know, is, is becoming monotonous or routine, or it's not getting the results you need. Um, so you're like, Oh, let's do something else that can get us the results. This isn't working. And so you're jumping, you're jumping and the cycle can speed up. So mm -hmm. maybe, you know, you're doing this for six months and then you've seen this thing and now you're in this four months and it's not working. Now you're doing another thing and you can see how that can, can kind of snowball. Part of that is, is, you know, that you're generating ideas, you're, you're wanting to be on the cutting edge. I mean, FOMO can get in the way. All these things can make you want to go from one to the other. And some of that is good just like strengths, but some of it also can be taken too far. And so when you're chasing things and it's keeping you from the success you need, that's when, um, you know, you, you've got a severe case, a strong case of shiny object syndrome, you got to do something about it so that you can continue to move forward and have progress. So is it really like project switching before the project is completed it can be projects uh, switching. If it can be, you know, I worked uh, with safety and, and uh, scientists for a while and it can be scope creep. You'll hear that like, oh, we, you know, we're doing this, but like, let's add this thing or, you know, we really need to look at this technology and let's, let's take it from this is great, but let's move it into a whole new technology and we'll start over. So every time you do that, it's costing you something. It's costing you time. It's costing you money. It's costing you uh, momentum, energy, causing people to burn out. If the leader 
is saying, hey, let's try this thing. And maybe they were just thinking about it. And now the team's like, oh, the leader said it. We better do that. Now you could have a, a big cost on your hands. If the leader is not focusing, the team members aren't going to focus either because they're jumping around with the leader. Um, if you have team members that are, aren't focused, <laughs> you know, maybe they want to do this thing and it no one, it doesn't go anywhere. But mm-hmm. what if they lose track of what they're supposed to be doing because they're over here looking at this option, this thing that could be a thing. Mm -hmm. They're spending their time there. They're not spending their time where they need to be. And so it is something that can get in the way and you want to get a handle on. Mm. Super interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar, um, Dr. Judy Neal, her with her edge Walker work, she's part of the SQ 21 community, but she's also a professor, I think from Princeton. Um, she has a book, called Ed Walkers and I'm in her certification program right now. And one of the key characteristics of an edge walker because they have one foot in one world and one foot in another world is an amazing ability to focus and block all of those things out. And it's a skill and a practice that you would have to continue daily and lifelong and then be able to keep balance with that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope, the, I hope the beam is wide, like balances. No. So, I mean, so what do we do? You know, what is the, the thing? So my thing is it's time to get your tail in gear, right? So tail squirrels, I have this mm-hmm. thing squirrels now. <laughs> um, but it's really gear is goals, evaluate every idea, accountability system, reward system. And if, if to give one tip, the most important place to start mm-hmm. is your goals. Now you've probably been to a session where they're like, okay, you know, if you want to do this, you know, you set your goals, but are you really owning them? So you want to make sure that that goal is tied and aligned to the vision and Mm. that each person truly owns that goal as their goal. You know, a lot of times, you know, team corporates will talk about that, about, you know, we have one goal. But they don't really, because then each business is doing their own little thing. And if that, if if it's not all tied and aligned and the individual people on the team that have to, to work towards that one overarching goal, mm-hmm. have to make that tied. You know, there's this, um, the story about, you might've heard of uh, president JFK you may have heard of him, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he, you know, he had this, he wanted to get a man on the moon. And he went to, you know, gave his talk where he went to visit NASA and he was walking down the the hallway and they came across the janitor sweeping the floor. And he's like, hey, you know, introduce himself. What do you do here? And the janitor, without missing a beat, says, oh, I'm here to help get a man on the moon. Love it. That is where everybody on the team needs Mm -hmm. to be. It has to be because it has to have like a positive emotional response when you read that. So you feel it and you really commit and own that goal. Because if you can't do that, then, then you can easily lose focus. But if it's so important, all the other things won't matter. I I would think if that is something with the edge walkers, you would want, mm-hmm. you have to have that thing be so clear that none of the other paths would be a, appealing, right? Mm-hmm. So then this evaluating every idea, that is against the goal, is it going to help you with the goal right now? And so I have this impact board. It's a whiteboard tool that you can use for that. And it's got two areas, action and distraction. So if it's going to help you right now, 
that's an action. We're going to take that. But if you have a brilliant idea or it's something worth pursuing, but it's not going to help you with that goal right now, that's a distraction. So you store it there in distraction. You're not thinking about it anymore. It's not getting any money or time or, or mental energy, but you haven't lost it. You've put it there and it's stored in distraction. And those are the biggest things that you need to do to really bring in your focus, bring that urgency, get focused on your goal and how are you all tied into it and owning it because that's what accountability is, owning your commitment to that goal. So good. Thank you for sharing that story. And that tip really is like putting focus in action. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Consuela, if people want to connect with you and reach out to you to learn more, where can they find you? Well, I like to have a little bit of fun. And <laughs> you know, people are always like, even from the movie Up, right? The dog in there is like, squirrel. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so, you know, what I really realized is that we're not chasing squirrels. We are the squirrels. <laughs> and so I've created a quiz to determine what kind of squirrel are you? What kind of squirrel are you? And it's really, it's based loosely on strengths, but what kind of distractions, whether it's new technology or um, networking too much, or, you know, uh, stewing in your data and never making a decision. What kind of squirrel are you? So that that is at squirrelquiz.com. Go find out what kind of squirrel you are. So fun. We'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining and being on the Create Magic at Work podcast today. The wisdom you shared, the things we touched on in such a quick amount of time, I think really we really sent some magic to the listeners. So I appreciate all of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi everyone, Amy Lynn Durham here. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found at createmagicatwork.net or you can just look in the show notes in the episode and they're right there for you. Come back each week and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Keep joining us for more exciting episodes where we help you transform workplace culture to leaders that create less drama and stress and have high productivity and profitability. You have the power to create a burnout-free workplace right now. You can gain access to my new course, Create a Burnout-Free Team and Workplace, where you'll receive step-by-step -step tutorials in creating a team and organization that thrives. Click the link in the show notes to join us. I hope we brought a little magic to your day. Sending magic to everyone, and see you next time.